single week we try to find a better way i'm forrest hall this is real church matters where we talk real church matters because real church matters always does always will thank you guys for listening for tuning in i had an awesome podcast last week with um my niece and my nephew if you haven't heard it make sure you do Take your time. I know you're moving through the episodes. I know you're listening to them at your own pace. I understand. You guys are reminding me of that and telling me to calm down. You like to listen over and over to certain ones and just make your way through. And I think that's super cool and I appreciate it. And there's 181 of these things. Well, now 182. And uh, all right, all right. I won't push you no more. You win But just make sure that you do one thing for me Share The podcast with somebody Just tell them Hey man You know we were talking the other day And I think this podcast This particular episode of this podcast Was perfect with our conversation And hey remember when I was talking about this Or bringing this up Yeah I was bringing it up Because I had heard it on this podcast or I heard something there that kind of got me thinking in that way. And that's where that conversation came from or sparked from this thing. So take a listen. Um, please do that. Share it. Realchurchmatters.com is all you got to do. And from there, all they got to do is hear. I appreciate you guys. Always. And please always remember, it's obedience over audience. Since we have an audience... We're going to get on to it. Yeah, I, I just, I'd be remiss in not saying thank you for listening. Thank you for taking your time to listen. Thank you for sourcing this information for the life that I hope it is filled with and infused with. This week, <clears throat> I'm by myself. And I'm going to do this a few more times during the summer. And I'm calling it the By Myself series. And so it'll be podcasts by myself talking about things that we have to kind of work on ourselves, by ourselves, for ourselves, by myself series. The first one is encouraging yourself. So. I uh, put a series of, uh, what do you call them, Instagram posts? I guess that would be the best way to say it. And they came from me realizing that I was doing something that we all kind of have done over our lifetimes is putting way too much pressure on others to be what we need them to be. 
And not just that, I'm, I think I put too much pressure on myself to be for somebody else what they may need me to be. And the reality is, is that we need to understand the value, the power, the potency of being what you need to be for yourself. And so the scripture that popped in my head and I woke up and I was like, I'm just going to read this scripture and meditate on it in the morning. And that was first Samuel chapter 30, verse six. And it says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And we can hear that. We can read that scripture. And sometimes we can even attribute the song that has been most famously performed. And, you know, sometimes you have to encourage yourself. But I want to let you know, it's not just sometimes, it's all the time. And yes, we encourage ourselves because we are in a place that constantly calls for us to reaffirm the very faith that we say we have. And so I love that David was greatly distressed. And there are many a times where we're distressed. And in those distresses, we can find ourselves feeling hopeless as if it isn't a remedy. And there is. One of the things that I came to understand by reading this scripture is that in my moments of distress, there's always a reason. And so I loved it. They didn't just say David was distressed, but they gave a reason. And he says, David was distressed because or for the people spoke of stoning him. And I could say all day, people don't matter. And I'm pretty sure David probably has heard and, and come to some realities that God is preeminent above everything. And he is our God. And there is nothing greater than his word and his power and his will. But there are times in humanity where we give humans a place they don't deserve. They aren't fit for in our hearts and our minds. And doing that puts us in a place of distress. It happens way too often. You may be listening to this podcast right now, greatly distressed by someone or someone's in just like in David's case. And only because of what they are talking about or what they are desiring to do or how they feel about you. And it's easy for me to say, hey, that doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But a lot of times from the outside looking in, it's hard to realize that nothing that people say is really going to help you. Nothing that we say is really going to deal with the things that you're dealing with with these realities. And that's because this is a job that is only fit for you. So as I'm sitting here by myself and you might be sitting there listening by yourself, I want you to understand and look yourself in the mirror. If you're near a mirror. 
And make sure you know your job is to encourage yourself. In the midst of everything that you're going through, in the midst of everything that you're facing, in the midst of all the things that distress you, you don't have to sit in that distress. You don't have to be distressed. You can do something about it. I don't want to get caught up on why you're distressed. It's always something. It's always people, places or things. And you're not above it. No more than David was above it. The reality is because of this. We can have some realities here. And I loved it. It didn't just tell us why David was distressed. It told us why those people were distressing him. They were distressing him because they were distressed. They were grieved for their sons and their daughters. In the end, your job is to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, the bulk of this conversation today is that last part. How, Force? How do we encourage ourselves? In the Lord. And I'm going to tell you a story. So I woke up and I was distressed. And I read the scripture and I began to ask myself a simple question. I began to ask myself, well, how do I encourage myself? And I realized that whenever I'm distressed, it is because of what I see. And so I realized that as a human, there are some immediate responses to the stimuli of my eyes and ears. So I begin to ask myself, what did I see? And I begin to ask myself, what did I hear? And in realizing what I seen and what I heard, I realized that I had to come to some terms, some realities. Number one is I'm going to always see something that distresses me. Number two, I do not have the power to change any of the things that I see in here. If it's people, I don't have the power to change them. If it's things, I don't have the power to change most things. And even if I do have the power to change some things, they won't change immediately. They take time. And so in realizing that, I cannot just keep at this stalemate of seeing things that distress me and getting upset about it and being in a position to never change it. I have to look at where and what I can do. And what I can do is encourage myself. Let me tell you this. I cannot avert my eyes from the realities that I see. No more than David can put the people out of his mind. He can't, nor can he put what has grieved him out of his mind. He has to take ownership for the things that he may have done to cause these people to be that way. He has to take ownership for the understanding that he has no power over how they feel or how to change it. I have to come to those same terms. And so I'm sharing this with you as you sit by yourself and I'm by myself and we're talking to ourselves and to one another. Is that you have to first relinquish control. Understand what you see is real. 
understand that even in its realities, there is no getting around it and then understand what to do next. And what to do next is that in the midst of our, all of the things that distress us, there is another reality, a parallel reality that we, we must hold on to. We can't act like it is the only reality. We must understand it. It is in that reality that we will find our encouragement. And that's why it says David didn't just encourage himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes I've even done it. I've encouraged myself in the misery of others. I've encouraged myself in false pretense of saying, well, it don't it won't always be this way. I've encouraged myself by saying, hey, it's bad, but it's not as bad as some people have it. There's all these weird ways we encourage ourselves. There's all these things we encourage ourselves in. But the only thing that really is sust- substantive is to encourage ourselves in the Lord. I don't, I can't, I've even heard preachers preach like, don't worry about your enemies. They're going to get what's coming to them. And I've read passages of Psalms. They kind of say the same thing. I find no encouragement in that. I find no solace in that. I find little in the ways of relief from my distress in those realities. But I have found relief of my distress in the Lord. All right. So force, you're going to have to help us out because you told us that it's our job to encourage ourselves. And you told us what not to encourage ourselves in, but then we get to this, encourage ourselves in the Lord. And you're going to have to explain it because it sounds very just church vernacular. Sounds very vague. Sounds very abstract. Sounds very Christianly to say, what is the practical way? And for that, I have for you Romans chapter four, verse 20. It says, yet did he yet he did not waver through disbelief in the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Let's say it again. Yet he did not waver through disbelief in the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. So what it, what is that saying? That's letting us know that the definition to encouraging yourself in the Lord is to not waver in your belief of who God is, what he represents, and what he said. That's the fight. That is the work, as my sister Antoinette said to me the other day. That is the work. And we should do a better job of showing people what the work is so they can get to work. But there you go. That that's the work. That's the work. The work is to not waver in disbelief. And we can easily see things that distress us, but understand that distress is sourced from disbelief. And there are moments of disbelief. And I love to talk about my distress in those ways. I love to talk about my di- distress as disbelief. These moments where I'm overwhelmed with a feeling of dread or distress or hopelessness are moments of disbelief. And it's my job 
to pull myself back to belief. To not go by what I've seen, but what I know. To not go by just what I know about people, but what I know about God. It is in those realities that I source a place of faith. And that I find myself pulling myself out of distress. And back to a place of belief. And let me tell you something about distress. It sucks your energy. It's going to be hard for you to love people. It's going to be hard for you to care about anybody. It's going to be hard for you to do the work. Not just the spiritual responsibilities that we have uh, in ourselves and, and related to the, res- the the people and the relationships in our lives. But just a simple task and roles that we all take. Uh, that we all are part of, whether it be brother, sister, mother, father, cousin, parent, grandparent. All those things call for responsibilities that you need strength in order to execute. And nothing debilitates you more than distress. And so it, it weakens us. It causes us to be spiritually lethargic and we don't have the energy to pray. We don't have the energy to intercede. We don't have the energy to love, to forgive, to be patient. All these things begin to lose their strength and the gas that allowed us to go forward in this journey the way we should begins to wane and we start running on empty and our car starts moving slower and slower and we lose our momentum. And before long, we're just putting along. And the reality is, is that when we are in that place, it is not on anybody else to give us a jump. It's not on anybody else to fill us up. I'm always grateful for the people that encourage me in my life, for the people that come and drop a word in my life. But I understand it's not their responsibility. I've been unfair in even my perspective of how what church's place is. Church is not a place that is responsible for my soul salvation. It's not a place that's responsible for the gas that's in my tank. Really, not to make this about that, and so I won't, but I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. The church's job is to promote the kingdom of God and to source the energies and the intellect and the tenacities and the talents of those believers and use them for that effort to build the kingdom of God. What that is, what that means is for another conversation, another time. But at the end of the day, your soul salvation is the responsibility of you and you alone. And so knowing that we have a responsibility and this is the responsibility. Did I not waver in my belief? Did I not go by what I see? Did I not go by what I hear? Did I not go by what I know or knew about people, places and things? But I go by what I knew, know, and am constantly learning about God. 
And in that process, I become strengthened in my faith. Because that's encouraging yourself in the Lord. Encouraging yourself in the Lord is to remember what he said. To remember that you believe in what he said. And to remember that all things will bow to his will and his word. And no matter what I see out of people or what I see in these realities, there is a reality that will last beyond every reality that exists. And I can say that now, but I can forget it very easily. Same way David forgot it when the people were conspiring to kill him. There are so many things that we face on a daily basis that put us in a place where we easily forget. I was talking to somebody and I couldn't believe that they they were concerned about the things they were concerned about. And I realized that it's our job to encourage people to draw their attention back to what matters. But we won't always be there for them. And so we also have a job to teach one another how to maintain our own focus. That was David's job to himself is to maintain focus. When we say encourage yourself, all he was saying was reminding himself, realigning himself, refocusing himself in the Lord. That's no one else's job, guys. That's ours. It's in doing that. Romans 4.20, remember that. It lays out just what you're supposed to do. I don't care where you're at and what you're feeling. I want you to know you're going to feel these things. You're going to see these things, harrowing things, debilitating things, scary things, hurtful things. You're going to hear all types of stuff. And the reality is, is that in those moments where you feel all this stuff, you have to make a decision. In this very moment, right now, even as you're listening, you have to make that decision. You can't just fall under the weight of it. You have to make a decision. I believe. And I will remind myself what I believe in. And even when I'm in a situation where it is beyond belief, I will believe beyond it. That's your job. Not nobody else's. Look what it says. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. I'm just giving you a few scriptures just to add on to what we're saying. He says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. One of the things that I did in my moment of distress that I need to make sure I do a whole lot more of is that I source the word. I go back to the source. If I was thirsty and I didn't. I lived in a place that had a well. I can't just sit and talk about water. I can't just sit and talk about how thirsty I am. I have to go get some water. If I wait for someone to go get the water for the day from the well, I might die of thirst 
I don't want to put my thirst in the hands of somebody else's will. Somebody else's discipline. Somebody else's want to. I'm not going to wait for somebody to go get water. I'm going to grab the bucket and I'm going to that well and I'm going to get it myself. We don't have to live on anybody else's time when it comes to water. We can go get it ourselves. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Make sure you understand that point that I'm sharing with you. In your moments of distress, don't be lazy. Don't take distress as a matter of fact. Don't take it as something that I'm just supposed to play around with. And there are many people who do. Don't be that person. Take this seriously. Be decisive. Act accordingly. Don't be lazy with your life. Get up and get to the source because you don't have to be thirsty. See, when a kid is hungry, somebody has to get it. But there become there comes a time, a certain age that you reach where you'll tell your mother you're hungry and she say, well, get something to eat. Come on, you guys. You're not children anymore. You're distressed. But you. Have. What you need. Let's get to the water. So for me, getting to the water was hearing the word. Remember, I said the source of David's distress, the source of my distress, the source of your distress is seeing and hearing. Seeing and hearing creates feelings. People got to we forget sometimes that we feel, but that feeling comes from a stimuli. It comes from seeing and hearing and in the midst of seeing and hearing we have to re- have to understand there's a reality that we may need to change our eyes to something else so even though i saw something that greatly distresses me i have to look to the hills from which cometh my help i have to look sometimes look at the very thing that horrifies me and see god in it i know i heard a lot But I could go back to hearing the things that don't cripple my faith, but that reaffirm my faith. That build it up. He said, faith come by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So in my moments of distress, I had to get back to the practice of getting in that word. Get to the well. When you're not well. Get to the well. Understand distress to be a moment of disbelief. Understand distress to be a moment of lack of faith. And that means you need faith. And he said faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? The word of God. Get that mess. You guys get that mess. Get that word in you. Get that word in you. What do I mean? Create moments, create times in your day 
where you get to yourself with God's word. Don't get into all of this regimented foolishness either. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read a chapter a day. This is not keto. This is not a diet. This is a lifestyle. And that means that you are, have a relationship with the word that isn't stilted and convoluted and structured with no substance. Find you a scripture. Read that scripture. It might apply to what you're going through or apply to what you really need to operate in. Find you a scripture that reminds you of what God said or shows you a reality or a realization of how you should think and read and that scripture and rehearse it and meditate on it. Make time for it. Let it permeate your mind. Begin to train your thoughts towards that thing. That is encouraging ourselves in the Lord. That's what David did. He started to remind himself. And remember what God said and rehearse it. Faith comes by hearing. I said you lack faith. How do you get faith? It comes by hearing the word of God. Once you have a noun and a verb, you got you got what you need. It's the word. What do I do with the word? I hear it. I take it in. I either read it or I hear it. I can hear it in many mediums. I can grab the Bible. I can get an audio Bible. I can just talk to somebody about the word. I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to an old sermon or message. I can listen to a song. I can get myself in a place where I'm reminding myself of the word of God. And it encourages me. It builds me up. Look at this. Psalms 27 and 1 says of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I love that our realities and remembering who God is brings us to ask ourselves some real questions. These questions are rhetorical in nature, but challenge us to a reality that we should subscribe to. So the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who's David got to be distressed by? He reminded himself, I don't have to be afraid of the people. I have to be afraid of anything. Why? Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. He says, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And some of you think it's contradictory to say, well, the person who wrote this should have never been distressed in the first place. No, the person who wrote this came to a reality that he has to on a daily basis, almost an hourly, secondly basis has to remind himself of. I go back and listen to podcasts just because I need to remember realities. Because in the midst of my present reality, other realities seem to just disappear. I have to bring them back into focus. I have to do that. That's not nobody else's. That's not no one else's job. Free people up. 
Apologize even. Repent. It's not my job. It's not your job. To do anything but work our own salvation out. In fear. And trembling. Now I want you to know this. Please guys know this. You're not by yourself. Not by a long shot. But there are some things that you have to do in this life. By yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Go on. Get to it. I won't hold you. Stop grabbing people. Trying to make everybody do everything with you. This walk is yours and yours alone. I can go stand beside you in the fight. But I can't stand beside you in judgment. I hope this was beneficial to you. I got more of them coming. I want to even be short and sweet where, you know, you get a solid 30 minutes of talking and you just keep it on loop and just play it. And I just want to make sure I take my time, talk to you some scriptures, remind you of your job. You do your job right and you can do the job in every other facet of your life. But do your first job. Work out your own salvation. The fear and trembling in the moments of distress. Encourage your own self. Girl Church Matters. I'm Forrest Hall. Obedience over audience. God bless.